God willing, we should hear good news. This uh, Parsha Shir is dedicated to the memory of uh, our dear friend, really one of the pillars of our congregation, Marvin Hershorn, Zichron Lebracha to second yard site. Uh, you never saw Marvin without a book, without a safer. And uh, his uh, loyalty to Torah and to his family and to the community uh, really was legendary. So he sorely missed and he should be a Melis Yosha for everyone. And Yehi Zichro Boruch. This week's parsha deals with Kohanim. Now, the Jewish people are a meritocracy. We don't care, uh, allegedly at least, about Yichus. There's a famous uh, uh, quip attributed to the Rebbe of Kotsk that a Jew came to him and bragged to him that he's uh, a Rebbe Sheinikel. He's the grandson of a great Hasidic Rebbe. And the Kotsker said, Esau was also the grandson of a great Rebbe. I don't care what your grandfather was. Who are you? And everybody is judged on his own. The Torah says, Lo yomsu avos abonim, ubonim alaboso. The sins of the fathers are not visited on the children. And before him say the merits also, except there there's an exception. When it comes to merits, the Rabboni Shalom remembers for generations. But again, that doesn't define the person. The person is defined by one's own achievements, by one's own life. And the exception to all of this idea of a meritocracy we find in the Talmud, for instance, that some of the greatest uh, scholars were absolute uh, poverty-stricken workmen, and some were aristocrats who lived in mansions. But from the Talmud, you can't tell who is who. 
unless the Talmud tells you so specifically. So, uh, the Gemara, in fact, says, You should be careful how you treat, they're talking to their teachers, to the educational system. Be careful how you treat those who are uh, from the lower classes financially because uh, out of these uh, what relatively poor inferior class people the Torah comes forth from them the Gemara tells us about the people in the Talmud that were so poor that they only had one garment so that when his wife went out shopping he had to stay home and when he went out so she had to stay home. And yet when it comes to the give and take which exists within the Talmud and which is the basis for the development of Torah and especially Torah Shabal Peh we don't see any of these differences. Nevertheless, the exception to all of these rules are the Kohanim. The Levim to a certain extent, but not as much as the Kohanim. If you're from a family of our own, through the paternal side, and you're a Kohen, so then there are certain privileges that are bestowed only upon Kohanim. There are certain mitzvot, commandments, that only a Kohen can fulfill. And there are certain precepts that you're not allowed to violate, even though in other Jews, uh, to them it is a uh, commandment. For instance, Halvoyas uh, Ames, going to a funeral. So, to the ordinary Jew, to the Israel like me, so that's a Lidvorim, Shoramokhel Peroseum, Bolomaseh, Karen Kayemet Lolomabot, one of the great mitzvahs, social mitzvah. Cohen is prevented. Not allowed to go. So the Cohen had a special status. And it's interesting over the thousands of years of Jewish life, uh, that has remained constant. So that uh, in temple times, for the almost millennia that we had temple, both the first Beis Amigdash and the second, so then the Kohen had a specific job. He had to, so to speak, be employed in the service of the Beit Amigdash. However, for the thousands of years that there has been no temple, so Cohen doesn't have any special job. 
Nevertheless, we preserve the kahuna. And uh, we have customs to preserve the kahuna. The coin's entitled to the first aliyah to the Torah. The coin is uh, entitled to lead the, the birchat tamazot. The coin has status. So it's interesting. I want to share with you some ideas that the Mephorshim say. Uh, we look at the Kohanim, uh, you know, there was a DNA study that was done over the past uh, decade, or maybe two decades, to try and see if there's a special marker in the DNA of the Kohanim that identify them as being a Kohen. Uh, without uh, diverting too much, one of the great subjects in halacha now that poskim have to deal with is DNA. Can we rely on DNA for certain things? For instance, paternity. You can determine, I mean, the civil court, they rely on it. In paternity suits to see who the father is, so the DNA tells you who the father is. Does that apply in halacha? You'll be questions of legitimacy of children. Can you solve it with DNA? So the, uh, they did this experiment with Kohanim. I think uh, the experiment, uh, I think 3,000 Kohanim were involved in the experiment worldwide. And out of the uh, Kohanim that were tested, so uh, 38% had a certain marker. That does not appear genetically in uh, other Jews. Now, is that a significant number, 38%? What does it say about the 62% that don't have the marker? Are you a coin? You know, the old joke, I want to be a coin, right? My father was a coin, my grandfather's a coin, I also want to be a coin. If somebody comes here to shul and he tells the Gabbai, I'm a coin, <coughs> do we say to him, let's see your birth certificate, let's see your document from Bethlehem that you're a coin? Do you have your, uh, you know, here in Shul we can ask you for a vaccination report, but we never ask anybody for a Cohen report. He says he's a Cohen, he's a Cohen. Is that legitimate? So, uh, again, in our time, and the Mephorshim all say that, it's not that significant, because what does he do? He blesses the people, right? So an ordinary Jew can also bless the people. <coughs> it's not a violation. In fact, we should always try to bless each other. 
So, the, you know, so if he says he's a Kohen, he can go up and do it. If he says the Kohen will give him the first Aliyah, saying, Lo no Ra, right? And if he isn't the Kohen, so. But he had, he had the Aliyah, good. Or he led the Birchat Amazon. None of that is critical. Force him even say regarding Pidgin Aben. The Minchasrinus discusses it. What about the Jewish communities that nobody claims they're a coin? And they're supposed to be a pidgin aben. A woman gives birth to a firstborn son. So after 30 days, you're supposed to be, you're supposed to redeem the son, pidgin aben. And no coin. And that's happened many, many times. And there were Jews that lived in uh, small communities and outlying communities. It's not like today, where it, uh, we have communications with everyone, etc. It's possible. There was no coin. So if there was no coin, so the Minchastin said, so the Israeli can be put in with the Israel. But yeah, but that's the opinion of Ben. Okay. The question is who whether he can keep the five dollars. But the the etzem pigeon, the core of the matter that there was a redemption, would be even without a coin. So therefore, uh, being a coin uh, has. Uh, very little downside in our time, so to speak. Because a coin doesn't have to do anything. And he does, so he doesn't go to funerals. That's a good idea anyway. Funerals usually are depressing. <coughs> He's limited naturally whom we can marry, but the limitations are not severe. So this entity of the kahuna is uh, one of the great exceptions to the meritocracy principle which exists in Judaism. Because of this, let's look at how the the foundation of the kunas began with Aaron HaKohen. So first of all, Moshe according to the Medrash, Moshe is immediately troubled. The Rabban Shem says, Kach is Aaron Vezbonov. Take Aaron and his four sons and you will establish the Guna with them. Moshe is very sensitive to nepotism because he knows, and that's exactly what happens later with Korach, that somebody will come and say, you know, look at him, he took his brother. You wanted to give a fancy job. He wanted to uh, uh, give honor. He wanted them to have money. He gave me, you know. So uh, Moshe, 
Moshe will say at the end of his life, I never took anything from them. I didn't take my expenses. They didn't pay for my donkey. I didn't, you know, and I'm clean. So he's sensitive. They're going to take his brother and make his brother the Kohen. You know, when John Kennedy was elected president of the United States in 1960, so he appointed his brother to be the attorney general. Robert Kennedy. And when the, the opposition howled that it was nepotism, he said, no, I just want to give him some experience before he becomes a lawyer. But uh, nepotism exists. It's a uh, fact of life. The president of the United States wants his son to make money. Every father wants his son to be successful. Moshe is very sensitive to it. Moshe is so sensitive to it that the Rabbanishal has to command him. I'm telling you, take Ara. Don't worry about it. I'm telling you what to do. And Aaron is even more sensitive. <coughs> Uh, Rashi points out, and the Medrash points out, that Aaron is extremely reticent to accept the position. So there are reasons given why Aaron feels that way. One reason is, again, nepotism. He feels that the people will say, you know, Moshe and Aaron, they divide it up amongst themselves. But a second reason is, Aaron was part of the story of the golden calf, the egg of Azov. He says, how can I be the Kohen Godel? How can I be the founder of the Kahuna? And because of me, thousands of Jews died and worshiped, the others worshipped idols, and the uh, uh, first tablets of, of the uh, the Torah were shattered because of me. How can I do that? Every time they look at me, they're not going to see me, they're going to see the broken stones. They're going to see what went wrong, not what went right, because that is the way we look at people, Right? You can have somebody that uh, 90% of his behavior is excellent. But there are certain things that are not. What do people remember about him? Not the 90%. They remember the things that were not. That's unfortunately how we judge people. especially people in public life. I had a call yesterday from uh, a wonderful young man who uh, called me and he said uh, that he uh, received a call from a certain community that they want him to be one of the candidates 
to be the rabbi in that community. They're looking down for a rabbi in that community, and they know him, and they've heard him, and they they think it would be a perfect fit. They, he should be willing to uh, come and talk to them uh, about it. So, and he called me like I should give him advice whether he should do it or not. I know many of the circumstances, but I don't know all the circumstances. So I said, what's your main hesitation? He said, my main hesitation is they have heard me speak four or five times because he has relatives in that town. So his parents, whenever he comes to that town, he speaks. They give him the guest slot to speak. And he said, and every time it's been a success. He says, but now if I come as a proposed candidate and it happens that I will not speak well, it's possible the greatest orator, you don't always hit a home run, present company excluded. You don't always, not every speech is the greatest. I met a man on the street a few months ago and he said to me, Rabbi Wine, I was in the synagogue on Shabbat. I heard you speak. I didn't like what you said. I said, I didn't like it either, but I had to speak and you didn't. (laughs) You have to speak even if you don't like what you're going to say. So he said, uh, that's what I'm afraid of. So I told him, well, that's, you know, that's the rabbinist, you know. can't be afraid. You can do your best and that's it. If it goes, it doesn't go. It goes, it doesn't go. But we understand Aaron's reticence because they remember Aaron from the ego. And it'll be compounded that his two sons are going to die. So the sons do things that are wrong. So how can he be the Kohen Godel? He can't even raise his children right. Basic tenet not to bring foreign fire on the Ktoret, etc. They violated it. Rashi says even, uh, the Medrash says even stronger they said, When will our father and uncle pass away? And then we'll be in charge. Everything will be good. So he's the father of those two sons. So he has faults. And it, no one recognizes one's faults deep down as the person himself that has those faults. We all know our weaknesses. That's why we're able to cover them up, because we know them. So our own uh, is very hesitant. He doesn't want it. And that's why it says, Kachas Aaron, you have to force him, take him, Moshe. 
So there are two ways to take him. One is like kachas alavim. Take him by telling him, Ashrecha, how fortunate you are that you're going to be a servant to the Jewish people. What an exalted role you're going to fulfill. So that's a positive way if you can make him see it that way. That's what I told the young man about the rabbinate. If you see it that way, so then it's a great opportunity. If you see it that there's going to be people that are going to give you problems, which they will, and if it's really going to disturb your life, then it's not for you. You, you Only you can judge that. So the Torah said, take him, convince him, tell him how great it is. Let him see the whole picture. If he sees the whole picture, then he won't be so reticent. And that's how the kuhuna was founded. It was founded uh, not just with humility, and modesty, he didn't take an ad in the paper and say, I'm appointed. Look what you're getting. So therefore, Aaron became the symbol. Oev shalom, verodev shalom, oev asamokom, oev asabrios, bekorvam Torah. The kuna was low profile. Whatever the kuna was not low profile in Tanakh, then we see there the, were the, always problems. Chashmanoim or Kahanim were not satisfied with being Kahanim and wanted to be the king as well. Eventually, the whole thing collapsed, including they, their family, etc. When the second temple is being built, that we're going to read in the Haftorah, that we read it in the Navi Yecheskel, that we read it in the Navi Scharia, that, that somehow the uh, Kohanim are again reticent. Uh, they are somehow not enthusiastic. In the Tanakh it says, "Akonim v'alavim b'nei Tzodok." Tzodok was the Kohen Gadol. Asher shomru es mishmarti, that they still guarded my tradition. The Jewish people took a wrong turn. Most of the Jewish people went away. They intermarried. And we're going to see in a minute that the children of the Novi, the children of the Kohengodel, of Yoshua, they also intermarried. So he's the grandfather of non-Jews. So he doesn't want to be the going-go leader. 
It says, Yoshua, your lovush begodim tsoim. The Kohen Godel was wearing stained garments. And the Gemara says, what does it mean, stained garments? That his children are married outside of the faith. They married non-Jewish women. That was the exile. That's always the exile. So Yeshua doesn't want to be the Kohen Godel. He's embarrassed. Said, well, you know, every time they look at me, they're going to say, you know, look at that. Look at his family. He couldn't even raise his sons. And yet the Navi says, you have no choice. We take you to be the Kohen Gadol. We're going to rebuild the second temple with you. So again, it begins with reticence, with imperfection. So to speak, with failure. On levels that we would consider to be failures. And yet, that's not how heaven sees it. And he sees him as the founding going God of the Bayushani. For 420 years, he and his family are going to be the high priests of Israel. They're going to be the caretakers of the faith. So that's a remarkable view of the Kohen. We don't look at our Kohanim to be perfect people. That's what the Torah is teaching us. We're not looking for perfection. In fact, we're looking for people who can be embarrassed. We're looking for people who know what shame is, who know what failure is, I had uh, a man that I knew in Muncie. When I knew him, he was a multimillionaire. And he once told me, he said, this is the fifth business that I am in. The first four went bankrupt. He said, only because they went bankrupt did I finally figure out what I had to do. If I would have been a success with the first business, he said, I would have made a living, but I wouldn't wouldn't have what I have today. The fact that I failed taught me a lesson. I had to be taught lessons four times. But when I finally learned the lesson, I was able to be very successful. I don't advocate going bankrupt. And I don't advocate people being a failure. But life is such that not everything uh, works out the way we want it to work out. There's no one that does not know disappointment, frustration. Depends on what level. But it's common to life. 
That's what a Kohen has to have. Because then the Kohen can lead the people. If the Kohen himself never had frustration, he cannot do anything for the people. He can't empathize with them. He can't feel their pain. He can't give them good advice. Because... I remember uh, when I was in law school, so, you know, it's always the luck of the draw. So in our class, there was somebody that was an absolute raving genius. His name was not Beryl Line. And he was... He knew every case by heart, and he, he knew the logic. He knew he could had a photographic memory. He was it, wonderful. The rest of us, uh, the varying degree, I mean, no, there was no one there that was really, uh, you know, mentally handicapped. They were, they were in law school, and he had to get in. But... Uh, we didn't get every case right. We didn't remember every opinion. We couldn't quote verbatim every decision of the Supreme Court. And uh, when it came time to study for the bar exam, so there were those who wanted to study with this young man because he knew everything. And they figured he would uh, know the bar exam stone cold. <coughs> but there were those like me who did not want to study with him. Because he couldn't appreciate what our difficulty would be to prepare for a bar exam. And therefore, he uh, he wasn't relevant to us. Couldn't do it. He ended up being one of the uh, 36 lawyers uh, for the Atomic Energy Commission in the United States. But uh, there was only 36 lawyers that could do that. Because you have to know physics, it was an impossible uh, discipline. But that's the lesson. Do you want to be the Kohen? You're perfect? We don't need you. We don't want you. You're not going to be able to do it. We need people that have absorbed the blows of life. And that's why it says, Kisif Yishmur Das, the Torah The Kohen will guard the knowledge that the Torah gives us, and he'll spread it to others. Kimalach Hashem he's an angel of God. He is given over the task of being the angel. That's how he has to see himself. 
And he should not be deterred by the fact that somehow he has imperfections. So we see that throughout the story of the kahuna. And it's a great lesson. And we hope now that when eventually the bias will be rebuilt again, and the Kohanim Bavodosam, the Kohen will again serve in the temple, uh, will be in the tradition of Aaron and Yoshua. And it may not be the perfect person, but we're not looking for that. We're looking for the one that sees the great picture of the service of God and of the Jewish people. So have a wonderful Shabbat, everyone. Uh, we have a guest row for this Shabbos and Shul. If you're in the area, please uh, come and uh, partake. Shabbat Shalom.